0: There has been a significant development in the relationship between Miles Bridges and the Charlotte Hornets. Plus, LaMelo Ball gives an interview on NBA TV. Find out what he thinks about his new head coach, Steve Clifford. That's all ahead on this edition of the Locked On Hornets podcast. We're Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, we live. We live. We live. This is Locked On Hornets. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on NBA. Thank you for making Locked on Hornets your first listen every single day. We are free and we're daily. Do you get that? We're on every day <laughs> wherever you get podcasts, including on YouTube, where you can see our bright, shining faces. I'm Doug Branson. I'm the co host of this show. I'm usually joined. Uh, alongside me by Walker Mail, but Walker is out today. It's my fault he's out today. It's not his fault. Typically, it's his fault. I don't like to take blame a lot on this show, but this one's on me. I'll explain why in the second segment, but we've got some big updates in this first segment to get to. Uh, You can catch more of my work on my Substack, everyhornetsboxscore.com, where uh, I talk about past Hornets box scores, but I also give you game notes on every single box score this season. You can subscribe for free or you can support my work. Uh, Every dollar helps uh, me continue to produce that work. So would greatly appreciate your support. There you can follow me on Twitter at Doug Branson LOH. You can follow Walker on Twitter, by the way, at Walker Mail. Okay, big update here on Miles Bridges. it's It's a significant update in that it is has some significance because the updates we've been getting on the uh, felony domestic violence charges against miles bridges have been simply that the court date the preliminary hearing uh, was continued for a fourth time that was the last update and that that's really been the only updates we haven't had much in the way of updates in terms of the relationship between miles bridges and the Charlotte Hornets and if it has any uh, present or future well, we did get an update from shams of the rally I guess that's the new the new Shams branding Shams uh, on Twitter saying the Hornets and Miles Bridges have allowed his $7.9 million qualifying offer to expire. Sources tell me. So the qualifying offer expired. And if you'll remember, there was a deadline previously uh, that that passed and, and meant that the Hornets and Miles Bridges had to mutually agree to to drop that qualifying offer. Well, there was another deadline, and that deadline was October 1st, where any teams with qualifying offers to restricted free agents, that and that qualifying offer had not been signed, um, they had to extend that, and they could have extended it up until March 1st, but obviously the Hornets and Miles Bridges have not chosen to do that. And, and I think... It doesn't give us much information as to what the what the team feels about this situation. We don't we don't know for sure, but we do know they have decided to not uh, extend you know to to extend the deadline to for for Miles Bridges to sign that qualifying offer. So the qualifying offer goes away. But according to the NBA's uh, free agency primer it it doesn't mean anything in terms of Miles Bridges restricted free agency status. He is still a member of uh, or still a restricted free agent, so any team offer could be matched by the Charlotte Hornets. Why do I why do I bring all of this up? I bring all of this up to say that though this seems like a significant development, it's not really that significant in that this is not a decisive separation between the Charlotte Hornets and Miles Bridges. And this sort of, this is being reported on, but it does not come accompanied with any kind of statement from the team or, or anyone affiliated with the team to give us more context and information as to why all we know right now is that Miles Bridges has another court date on October 7th, a preliminary again to this is supposed to be a preliminary hearing to decide if this is going to go to trial. And that's all we really know. And, and, and frankly, I mean... Other than the restricted free agency status of Miles Bridges, there is no uh, current re- relationship between the Charlotte Hornets and Miles Bridges in that they are not contractually obligated at this time uh, to to move forward. And, and I guess that is the significant development, is that Miles Bridges cannot at this time sign that qualifying offer and become a member of the Charlotte Hornets for this season. The two, the two parties could still at some future date come together and decide uh, that that they that they want to move forward. Although I think that seems unlikely, A- and I think it's very unlikely that another team would decide to put in an offer at this point until uh, and st- until or if this all uh, resolves itself. So uh, you know, uh, for me, um, I I've seen the pictures uh, that were released, uh, by, uh, the, the victim in this case. Uh, and, and I've seen the video, uh, that was on, that was reported by, um, TMZ on Instagram that is, that has now been taken down. Uh, but, but I've seen those and I can't unsee those. And, and I don't know that there's any re- resolution to this matter, uh, that doesn't involve somehow, Uh, explaining that. And I don't know how you explain that. It seems unexplainable, right? I'm just saying like, there's not, I can't get past that as, as a fan uh, and as someone who, um, you know, reports and and analyzes what happens in the NBA. And as a human being, I can't, I can't get past that. Um, So uh, unless, Whatever happens in this in this trial situation, um, you know, if 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 there's some dropping of charges or if there's whatever, whatever the resolution is, unless it comes with an explanation as to what happened there, that I'm not going to be satisfied. And I don't I don't want uh, to to have to report on Miles Bridges as a member. Of of the Charlotte Hornets, and so we don't necessarily know where all of this is going, and it's difficult. I think in these kind of situations where you have felony domestic violence, multiple felony domestic violence charges, you have a you do have a victim in this case. You have multiple victims. You have his partner, uh, and you also have his children. Uh, as being victims as reportedly they they witnessed this and the, and the charges would reflect uh, that that there was uh, some witnessing by the children of these acts. So you have multiple victims in this case and i I just have a I have a difficult time getting past that and I also have a difficult time really talking about the basketball ramifications of this. It's why the sort of the media day rumblings about the whole situation made me, made me slightly uncomfortable i uh, made me uncomfortable i mean it was it was uncomfortable to hear lamello ball saying that he hopes that the organization keeps him A- and i try to uh, I, I said on the show at the time, like I don't, I don't really care what the players say because they don't really have. The, first of all, they're too close to the situation. I thought Kelly Oubre probably had the smartest thing to say on the whole matter, which is, I'm too close to the situation. It's too personal. No comment, right? Um, the, these uh, the people that are that have played with Miles Bridges are friends with Miles Bridges. The, the, they're not the people that really matter. It's, it's the organization that matters. The organization can make the decision whether or not to to have a future with this particular player. So those are the only people that I really care to hear from. But it was it was disappointing um, for for Lamelo Ball to say they hope that he hopes that they keep him because Lamelo might not necessarily have all the information and and i would say likely doesn't have all of all of the information just he's probably just as in the dark about all of this as anyone and so I think in those situations where you don't have all of the information we see this time and time again where people get out in front of something and say hey I don't I don't really you know this is my friend and I'm gonna support that person and then the, the situation you know evolves and becomes worse and worse and, and that position becomes suddenly untenable and so it's best just to say what Kelly Oubre said which is hey this is all like too close too personal to me no comment. Uh, so we will see how all of this uh, continues to develop. Uh, the, again, the next court date is October 7th, and uh, we will have more information on that if it gets continued again, or, or if we have some kind of news to report, we will definitely uh, be on your feeds with that. Uh, so coming up next on the Locked On Hornets podcast, LaMelo Ball, uh, did speak one-on one with NBA TV. The subject of Miles Bridges did not come up, but a few other subjects did. Steve Clifford and including Steve Clifford, including Dennis Smith Jr, his thoughts on DSJ and on the team identity, which I found very interesting. So that's all coming up on the locked on Hornets podcast. But first, Got to tell you about somebody that's been supporting this show for a long, long time. Really, I don't know that we would be doing this show honestly without these folks, and that's Built Bar. And they make some delicious products. If you haven't tried Built Bar puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And let me tell you, I just had a baby, and so I know all about. A, I know all about life's greatest joys. And yes, I agree. I would put Built Bar puffs up there with. Uh, having my baby, and guess what? There's a new flavor, ready? delicious, indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. That's right. Built has done it again. Your new favorite cookie dough chunk puffs have a light and chewy texture. Real cookie dough chunks and of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. All the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it. Plus, it's healthy for you. That's the whole thing. It's only got 160 calories and a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. They are my snack of choice when I come in for a run. I mean, I've I've used them as breakfast. I've used them as lunch sometimes i mean i'm busy covering this hornets preseason sometimes i just got to grab a quick lunch i've done it with a Built bar it's they're filling they're good for you and only 15 grams of protein here's the deal go to built.com use promo code locked on 15 and get 15 percent off your order use promo code locked on 15 more ahead here on the locked on hornets podcast Music are listening to the Locked on Hornets podcast. Unless Mitch has Buzz on his lap and Buzz is sort of... Santa the ven- style? The I like it. Oh yeah, or ventriloquist, you know? <laughs> well, let's see how, how, how much ventri- ventriloquist i yeah. we going. <laughs> I don't think anything. or I don't, I don't want to go that much. Whoa, yeah, I don't want to go with ventriloquist. Let's go, I like the Santa style a little bit more. Either one is creepy. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Back here on the Locked On Hornets podcast, I'm Doug Branson. Now, no Walker mail. Usually, maybe if you're listening to this for the first time, you don't even know I have a co-host. I actually have a host. I'm kind of the co-host. I'm the person that sits on the right. I get to like spit the hot takes, and and he is the radio professional that gets to serve it up for me and try to cool me down. He tries as best he can. I'm too dangerous for radio. I've got the hot takes. Uh, So, you know, he, he is not here. The show is unbalanced and it's my fault. And I don't take, if you've been listening to this show for a long time, I don't take blame very often. This is my fault. And uh, I will tell you uh, why it's my fault, why he's not here, and I will actually wrap that back around into the Hornets. But I'm going to do that in the next segment because uh, I saw an interview with a mellow ball on NBA TV. I saw it because I've been exploring this like new NBA app, and this isn't an ad for the NBA app because, let me just tell you right now, fair and balanced, uh, the NBA app on the Apple TV is not very good, but they have redesigned it. Uh, and so they're putting a lot of video, like if you go to LaMelo's page, there's a lot of cool LaMelo videos. And if you go to the Hornets page, there's Hornets videos. And if you wa- are watching a game on league pass, which is a lot cheaper this season, by the way, I saw, I mean, I do, you know, I signed up tax write off <laughs> oh, holler, but, um, I signed up and if you watch it on league pass, You get all of these videos of like highlights as the game's happening. It's super cool. Anyway, so I'm on LaMelo's page, as I want to do, um, because, you know, look, he's the face of the franchise. You got to keep up with him, right? And he's doing an interview on NBA TV, one-on-one. I think it was around Media Day with Taylor Rooks, and he had a few interesting comments that I want to get to. So uh, the first thing is, well, let me just say this, like LaMelo doesn't often give you a lot in these interviews he's he's a little guarded i think he's been in the spotlight for a long time and so for whatever reason he just doesn't he doesn't reveal a lot but i thought this one actually was particularly revealing uh lamello feels like he hasn't done anything until the team gets into the playoffs and starts winning i find this interesting because lamello ball is super confident he has a the right size ego for someone that's going to become an NBA superstar. But he so often understands and 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 parrots this idea that without team success you cannot have the appropriate level of of individual success. And look, I mean, I think a lot of people who commentate on the game are going to put a championship, you know, in order to be one of the best players of all times, you have to win championships, but you have to have playoff success just to be considered one of the better players in the league year in and year out. And so if he can't help the Charlotte Hornets do that, and if the Charlotte Hornets can't help him do that, then, uh, you know, he's not going to have the individual success uh, that, that he so uh, wants. I mean, it's, it's clear he wants to be one of the best players in the NBA. So he understands that getting this team to the playoffs not the play in not even winning a play-in but getting to the, getting into the playoffs and actually having success and that's why I think it's so difficult watching this season and and understanding where they were and I get it there's there's some bad luck involved on the hornets part but watching them go through this offseason and not Really do anything of significance to improve this roster, despite changing coaches. You change co- changing coaches is an indication that something wasn't right the previous season. But the organization doesn't go the the next step and say, "All right, we're going to hire a new coach, but also move this franchise in the direction that we think we're going, to, that we need to be in." And so, uh, Lamelo, but Lamelo understands getting the playoffs, winning in the playoffs, getting on national TV like that's how you raise your, your profile in the NBA. He did speak on Clifford as well. Uh, They asked about the Taylor asked him about the new coach. He said, Cliff, I already love the dude straight to the point tells you how it is. Can't get mad at that. All respect. Love to hear it. Love to hear that, that it's, that it's gotten off on the right foot. And I don't want to take that for granted because it's easy to come in here and say, Hey, you know this. Well, okay, it's easy to say that at the beginning of the season, right? And what happens when you know stuff goes wrong? Okay, that's fine. It can it can go wrong at a later date. But playing time, shots agents getting in your ear there's all kinds of things and by the way Steve Clifford recognizes that he's trying to do this thing in terms of uh, of developing relationships with the better with all the players on the team but also the best players on the team he's try, it seems like he's trying to do this the right way but even he recognized in, in one of these training camp scrums he mentioned like Okay, it's really easy to like be fun and and have a good time before the season, but what happens when you go on a 3 game losing streak? What happens when you're not getting enough shots or you don't feel like your your role is correct in the offense? You know, so so obviously, yes, those things can be a problem. But but I think we shouldn't take for granted the idea that so often these situations get off on the wrong foot immediately and become unrecoverable. Like you have to have a great first impression. It doesn't guarantee that the relationship continues to be good. Um, but it, it, at least you have to get that great first impression. And it seems like, you know, Clifford, and this is what we've always talked about with Steve Clifford he understands what wins in the NBA. I don't think he's necessarily been given the tools. Like, you can understand, okay, I know how to win in the NBA. But if you're not given the right ingredients, you can't make a great meal. I mean, that's just bottom line. Like if you're dealing with bad ingredients, it's going to, even if you know, even if you're a properly trained chef, you might be able to raise the level of those ingredients somewhat. But ultimately somebody uh, with maybe even half the knowledge and twice the ingredients is probably going to make a better meal. Uh, But it's good to know that that like that straightforward Clifford telling him, hey, look, I've studied your game. Uh, here are some things that I'm seeing. I know it wins in the NBA. Uh, if we do these things, we can get you what you want. You know, that kind of approach seems to be working with LaMelo Ball, and and that's very good to know. also mentioned uh, Dennis Smith Jr., who is – uh, we didn't we didn't see him until late uh, in that first preseason game. I wonder how much of that is getting into basketball shape. Dennis Smith Jr. has been injured the past couple of seasons. Maybe there is a little bit of being careful, just like they were careful with Cody Martin, holding him out. They were careful with Gordon Hayward, holding him out of that first preseason game. So, how much of of, of that is going on with Dennis Smith Jr. playing late? You know, will he be the backup point guard? We don't know. I mean, it's an unguaranteed deal. He could go away and they could look at another option, bring in another option at backup point guard. We just simply don't know at this point. Uh, but we do know that LaMelo Ball has some familiarity with Dennis Smith Jr., so that probably helps DSJ's case. He said that he knows him from camps that DSJ was in with his brother. So LaMelo Ball has some familiarity, probably some friendship with DSJ, and you want that. You want that in your, because, A, you're probably going to play them together, Uh, At some point, but I think there has to be some trust level there, you know, for a star player to go on the bench. I think they have to have some understanding. This is what made the whole Kimba Jeremy Lin thing work is that. You were you were relying a ton on Kimball Walker. But Kimball Walker had to believe when he went to the bench that the team was going to be okay. And the team was more than okay when Jeremy Lin was on the floor, and you were able to play those two side by side and, and get some real advantages there because of the size difference between Lynn and, and Kimball Walker and some of the things they did. It was it was electric at times. Can they recreate that with LaMelo Ball and DSJ? Can is DSJ in shape? Is he ready to go? Uh, You know, is is making it. I mean, made a few shots. I think he scored eight points in that game, but with some efficiency. He took a lot of shots, getting those opportunities. seemed to be able to create some looks in the mid range. We didn't see any um, outside shots from DSJ, and honestly, that's probably okay. We when we talked about DSJ being added to the team, we mentioned that his three point shooting um, has been. Pretty much bad his entire career has been somewhat erratic, but generally not very good. So you probably don't want DSJ. You want him driving, hopefully finishing a little bit better than he's done in previous seasons, or, or maybe working on some stuff in the mid-range. And finally, uh, LaMelo Ball was asked about what this team's identity is. And that's a big question, one that I think you know Steve Clifford is very focused on, is developing an identity for this team because I think – That identity for the past couple of seasons has been extremely fun to watch, high-octane offense, but those two things have not equaled winning, right? I mean, they've won, but they didn't win the play-in. They didn't get into the playoffs. It hasn't equaled playoff success. So what is the team identity going to be that actually gets them back to the playoffs for the first time since 2016? And uh, LaMelo's answer was, try to be a dog team. Get all the loose balls. Try to be a dog team. I don't know that we saw a dog team against the Celtics in that first preseason game. So that's something that they're going to be probably continuing to work on as they get used to. To playing uh, without Miles Bridges, they get used to playing within Clifford's scheme. It's game one of the preseason. Not going to overreact too far on there. Although I really want to, I really just want to go out and overreact on all of the players. It's part of my nature, but I'm going to try. Given the circumstances, I'm going to try to give some benefit of the doubt. But I got it. But I think against Indiana, you got to show a little bit more of that dog. I didn't see a lot of that dog. I saw them. I saw them getting sped up. I mean, maybe there, maybe you know, a dog team can mean a lot of different things. I think what he's trying to insinuate there is obviously a team uh, that is that is aggressive. You know, that that kind of breed of dog that's going to protect to protect the house. Uh, you know, there are certain uh, you know there are certain breeds of dog that you really associate with that pit bulls, German shepherds. Uh, but I think th- the team that I saw against the Celtics, they were sped up. Uh, they, They were looking disorganized, sped up. So they were looking a little, I would say maybe chihuahua. You know, so you, you can be all kinds of a dog team. What kind of dog team do they want to be? I think that's what they have to establish uh, in the rest of this preseason heading into the regular season. Because, look, the fact is they've got some deficiencies. And some of those deficiencies are built in. And some of those deficiencies, like the center position, have been built in for many, many years. Going back to Clifford's time here, uh, the first time he was here, they've had deficiencies. They, I mean, Clifford has been looking for a rim-protecting centers, an anchor, underneath in Charlotte for a very long time and this organization has not been able to deliver and after preseason game one of watching Mark Williams I'm a little worried that they will have to be waiting a lot longer I thought I thought maybe they had they had found an answer that was going to be a little bit more immediate Um, and, and maybe maybe they have maybe it's a one game sample and so maybe we shouldn't overreact or maybe we should overreact and say hey you know first round pick 15th overall you know, may, maybe there's a maybe there's a little bit more expected in a first preseason game. Um, I don't know. All right. So I'm going to – in fact, this goes into the next segment, second looks. I, I've dived into the tape. We've, we don't typically – you know, once the season gets started, oh, boy. I mean, it, it takes off, and we don't have a lot of time to really go back and dive in, um, but I did, and so I gave some second looks, and I'll talk about what I saw in that first preseason game. So that's coming up on the Locked On Hornets podcast. But first, I got to tell you about LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. I own a small business. I know I've hired contractors before. It's scary. You don't know if you're getting somebody that knows what they're doing or doesn't know what they're doing. It's difficult. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn jobs helps you find uh, the qualified candidates using simple tools. That's the thing. You don't want this whole process to be like super complicated, scares people away, right? Simple tools like screening questions, make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience. So you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs, number one in delivering quality hires versus leading uh, competitor, So LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. It's all about speed, baby. Speed. Time is money, right? All right. This is how you do it faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NBA. That's linkedin.com slash Locked on NBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, back to that preseason game one. We've got another preseason game coming up. We're going to talk about that tomorrow. So you want to tune in for that show previewing that game against Indiana. But first, we got to still look at some of these things that we saw in that first preseason game because a lot of players played. I mean, they played like. I played 15 guys, it felt like. So we, we have to take a look at some of these little things. We will do that coming up next on the Locked On Hornets podcast. Welcome back into the Locked On Hornets podcast. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. Looking at uh, this first preseason game, again, uh, 134-93 to was the final score. Blowout City. But I wanted to take a deeper look into some of the things that happened in that game. And I think there's some questions, you know, was, was the offense really that bad? And I want to go back to something that Steve Clifford mentioned in uh, uh, some of these media sessions before heading into this game against Boston. And he said he really liked two things that he saw from the Charlotte Hornets, because he's been very careful to say, you know, the the details, the the offensive details especially, but some of the defensive details too, have not been fully installed. Right? This was uh, this was a, this this team is is in beta a little bit. It's not in alpha. It's not ready to go yet. Uh, so it was it was it was probably always going to be messy in every universe if you ran that game. Uh, Maybe it doesn't uh, become a 41-point blowout. Maybe they shoot the basketball a little bit better. But they probably get beaten by double digits if you run that simulation a hundred times. But there were two things that Steve Clifford said he did like uh, that he saw out of the team heading into that game. And and number one was physicality on the boards, which is something he is extremely focused on. He loves seeing that. And he also loved to see the ball movement. And so I thought it would be interesting to kind of examine these stats and see if those two things held true. Because you could do, by the way, you could do both of those things and and still lose a basketball game, right? Sometimes the shooting isn't there. Sometimes you can lose by 40 simply by virtue of of players uh, being, being, you know, in the season, uh, being gassed, you know, being tired, tired legs. And, and there may be a little bit of that involved with this game as well because you have to remember they've been scrummaging a lot. And that's, I think, that's a higher energy, higher intensity kind of thing than, uh, you know, than if you're just running like all standing around trying to learn offense and, and and different defensive stuff or doing drills. I mean, I think scrimmaging is is more high intensity, high energy than that. So there could be be a little bit of that. Terry Rozier certainly looked tired. There could be a little bit of rust. P.J. Washington mentioned that after the game that you know he thinks everyone's rusty. Okay, well, they, I hope they shake the rust off soon because uh, you, I don't think they can sustain another 41-point uh, blowout against Indiana without some people starting to panic a little bit. But okay, so let's take a look at those two things. Physicality on the boards, did we see that? And ball movement, did we see that? Well, I'm going to start with ball movement and say we did not see that. Uh, there was a lot of selfish offense on the floor. It was happening across the board. Um, I, I thought you know, when, when they tried to execute some offense – it, it worked for the most part, especially that first-team offense. I mean, they they were holding serve with the Boston Celtics who were turning the basketball over a lot, giving the Hornets extra opportunities to execute that offense. They were doing it. They just weren't knocking down shots. But they weren't – I would say, like, especially once they got in into the groove of the game and started to get down, um, they, they weren't – when they got into the jazz part of the offense, when it started to become improvisational and they weren't running as many set plays – the offense really got caught in the mud and they weren't moving the basketball effectively and they lost the assist battle in this game i want you to get ready for this i want you to prepare yourself for this i don't want you to fall off the treadmill when i tell you this number i don't want you to i don't want you to be in some kind of accident when i tell you this number because this disparity in assist was alarming they lost the assist battle 41 to 13 to the boston celtics Boston had 41 assists. That's incredible. But even more incredible is a Charlotte Hornets team that was one of the top teams in the league at moving the basketball only had 13 assists in this game. There was a lot of forcing of the offense. There was a lot of one-on-one offense trying to take it to the hole and being unsuccessful at doing that. There was a lot of pull-up jumpers that probably shouldn't have been pull-up jumpers. And the problem is when you don't move the basketball and you do take those ill-advised uh, pull up jumpers; those tend to turn into transition offense for the other team. Well, this team wasn't good at, at defending transition last season, and they weren't good at defending transition in this game. That's where they got beat up. Clifford recognized that after the game. Said, you know, the cutters were running free, and people like to think of like transition defense sometimes as fast break. And what were the fa- uh, Let's see if I can pull up the fast break. So The fast break points in this game. 15-9 to nine in favor of uh, the Boston Celtics. Not a deciding factor. That's six points. <laughs> I got beat by 41. A lot of people think of transitions D as like, oh, the other team, fast break, easy bucket on the other end. I think if you ask Steve Clifford, he would say, no, transition defense is any time you are not able to get into your set defense and, and, and start to defend that way. And that's what Boston was able to do to this team. They were able to up the pace, makes and misses. This is what Steve Clifford wants the Hornets offensively to do to other teams is force you to play transition defense, not set defense, force you to play quickly regardless of whether you make it or miss it on your end of the floor. And that's exactly what Boston executed on. And so you had times when there may have been three, even four players back ready to get into the set defense, but one or two players lagging behind and Boston recognized it immediately and started to move the basketball around. And that that gets your defense at that point into scramble mode and you're making decisions on the fly you're getting sped up oh boy And and the Hornets were sped up in this game. Let me tell you, from offense and defense, everything seemed to be moving too quickly. Um, LaMelo made some ill-advised, especially when he got into those minutes with the bench, he was making some ill-advised passes. Uh, The the alley-oop pass to JT Thor, that, that didn't go anywhere. Well, it went somewhere. It went into the transition offense for the Boston Celtics. They were sped up. And I know all about being sped up. And when you're sped up, You make critical errors. And that brings me finally, I've been teasing it all show, but this is why Walker Mail isn't in the house because he's on WFNZ right now as I'm recording. And so we were supposed to record yesterday afternoon for this show. And uh, I was all ready to record and I was having a refrigerator delivered to my house and they couldn't turn the water off. And so I'm in scramble mode. I'm trying to figure out how to get the water turned off. I'm not, uh, look, I, I'll tell you, I'm a city boy. I am not someone that that really understands a, a lot um, about some of these processes. And I live in the city. And when you're in the city, it's a little bit more complicated in terms of turning the water off. There's, there you know, there's it's stuff, it's owned by the city. And you you know, you, you want to be careful about messing with anything like that. And um, well, I messed and I messed someone else's water up that that so I live in this sort of cluster of of homes and in, in the cluster uh, the the water shutoffs are all close together. And so the 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 people who were delivering the fridge were like, hey, you know, we gotta go. So I'm getting sped up, I'm scrambling, I'm trying to figure out how to get this water turned off, and I messed somebody else's water up. Now everything's fine. We got the water back on, it's all good. Props to the city of Nashville, they were great. But I was so stressed out by the afternoon. I was in like super stress mode and I just could not even get my brain into hornet's mode. And so I told Walker, all right, I'll do the show solo on Monday. Um, All that to say that when you get sped up, you make critical errors. You turn the basketball over. You don't get good shots. And when you don't get good shots and you miss badly, and we saw some bad misses from Lamelo. We saw some bad misses from Terry. We saw uh, a few bad misses uh, from P.J. Washington, who was one of seven in this game. We said he was quiet. He wasn't really quiet. He just wasn't good offensively. And when those bad misses uh, go to a team that just came back from the finals and didn't lose a lot of pieces, in fact, are adding pieces, they've added Blake Griffin, uh, which I don't know if that's great or not, by the way. I mean, Blake Griffin was on the Nets. Blake Griffin might be a bad luck charm. We don't know. Um, but uh, it might be a little like uh, sort of Ewing theory in reverse. You you get Blake Griffin and, and things start to go wrong. We just don't know that yet. We don't know. Um, but... They're adding pieces. They're a good team. And when you give the, the good teams opportunities on those bad misses, when you're not moving the basketball and getting effective paint touches, which they weren't, I don't think that, uh, I don't see the points in the paint battle went, you know, that's interesting. The Hornets actually won the paint battle 48 um, to 46, but I don't think on a lot of those three-point opportunities, the ball was touching the paint and coming back out. So all that to say, the Hornets have to try to slow things down. And I think to slow things down, Uh, you probably have to be a little bit more sure about what's going on. That's what I should have done in my situation. I should have stepped back and said, all right, what are my options here? I need to slow things down a little bit, be a little bit more patient, understand that I control the speed of this situation, and then that's how you make good decisions. That's how you make rational decisions. You cannot make rational decisions when you are being sped up by outside forces. So that's what the Hornets have to do in this next game against Indiana. They have to slow – things down and you slow things down when you're a little bit more sure when you're a little bit more confident in what's being called from the sideline and you're more confident with some of the playing groups that you're going to be in as much as we don't as much as we've been frustrated and I'm speaking for the fans here as much as we've been frustrated by the Gordon Hayward experience and we look at the dollar amount and we look at the number of games played and we look at the, uh, the contributions as much as we malign what's gone on there. I don't think it's a question. I think if you're questioning it, you're probably just biased and you look at the money and you're upset and you say, this guy's a joke, this guy's a bozo and he doesn't really affect things on the floor. But if you're objective about it, I think you can say, like Gordon Hayward uh, can score on all three levels and can pass and you he's somebody that you can deliver the ball to and know it's probably going to the right spot and is somebody that can help organize your offense. LaMelo is the organizer of the offense, but you know, having players on the floor that you know you can effectively go to and can bail you out. When you are sped up, it's great to have somebody that you can throw the basketball to and bail, bail you out. Jalen McDaniels was trying to do that. He was trying to play that role. He was playing the role of, all right, I'm going to go hit a tough shot here um, one-on-one. He was one of the few effective players going one-on-one was Jalen McDaniels. Uh, So, you know, hopefully they can get Gordon Hayward back out in this second preseason game against Indiana. Hopefully they get Cody Martin. That's obviously going to improve their defense. We'll see. We're going to preview that game on tomorrow's show. Uh, So make sure you're tuned in every single day to the Locked On Hornets podcast. Thanks so much for making Locked On Hornets your first listen every day. For your second listen, get up to date on the latest news and rumors in the NBA in just 30 minutes every day with the Locked On NBA podcast. Locked On NBA, your daily NBA update in just 30 minutes. Thank you so much for hanging with me for 30-plus minutes. I'm Doug Branson. Make sure you check out my work on everyhornetsboxscore.com. I'm back with Walker Mail tomorrow. Until then, I'm going to say go Hornets, go America, let's swarm sharp.